Welcome back to A Brief Chat. I'm Jason Crane. The show is at abriefchat.com, where you can become a member if you so choose and help me keep making these. And I thank all the people who've done that already in a bunch of different countries, which is really cool. I, I always love seeing folks uh, from other places that I've never been who, who choose to support this show. Today is the 9th of October, 2019. It's Wednesday, and I'm joined for uh, the third of five days by John P. Clark. His book, Between Earth and Empire, is available now on PM Press. It's a collection of his writings over the years. Years, but most of them, uh, if not all of them, updated for, uh, you know, even uh, <laughs> the even deeper crisis in which we find ourselves since John began writing some of these. Uh, John, it's it's great to have you back. First of all, thanks for being here again. Thank you so much. We talked yesterday about needing uh, a th- third world revolution and uh, this one, unlike the first two, needing to be a voluntary choice by humanity to make a radical change in the way we exist on this planet. However, we didn't really lay out what that might look like, and I can I can already hear in my mind, because first of all, I think about it. I mean, I'm obviously, I'm recording this interview with you surrounded by the technology that I use to do it in, you know, my nice, comfortable apartment with various lights on and all of the things that Mm -hmm. I have that are as much a part of the problem as anything else. And although soon my partner and I are planning to, to move home to Western Massachusetts and to hopefully begin living a different kind of life that involves uh, you know, a, a more rural setting and more growing of our own food and more community around us. Uh, it that's that's not open to everybody. That's you know some some privilege on our part, and also it's just a, a kind of a terrifying decision to make in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So, what does this revolution? Uh, what does it look like in your mind? Uh, what what are the what are the conditions we need to establish on this planet for the continued? Uh, not well, the, the survival and the thriving of all life, not just our life. I think maybe the best way uh, to approach that is to talk about what inspires me and uh, some of the things I wrote about in uh, that recent book, Between Earth and Empire, and also another book from a few years ago, The Impossible Community. One of the things that I write about in the book is the whole section of it called Another World is Actual. In, in a sense, I'm proposing a kind of utopian community, but it's also a topian community. I, I'm against utopianism that isn't topian, that is based in a, a topa, it's a place. We need a, to have a great imagination, but the earth has a great imagination, you know, and, and human communities have great imaginations. Uh, so there's a lot that has been created that will show us the way. In the book, I really use three examples to try to inspire our efforts today. One is the uh, Zapatista movement and the indigenous communities in Chiapas, which have actually just been expanded, I think, 40% just in in recent months. Uh, The the Zapatista form of uh, grassroots organization has expanded quite a bit for the first time since the 90s. So that's one thing. And uh, a friend of mine, Dylan Fitzwater, uh, did a book for PM Press called Autonomy is in Our Hearts, uh, which is about the, what's particularly about uh, the Tzotzil language, which he he, uh, went to Chiapas to study. I would say about half of the book is actually quoting the indigenous people who have been part of the movement. 
And I, I actually wrote a 10,000 word introduction to the book to try to show the significance of his studies and analysis of Chiapas to the world we live in. And I, I call it the politics of heart and spirit. It would take a while to get into this, but it's a politics based on an indigenous view of reality that puts mutual aid and solidarity at the center of everything and also has certain concepts of heart and soul and spirit that can teach us a lot in, uh, in a society of rampant egoism. So there's, there's a huge amount to learn there. There's also a lot to learn from Rojava, which is Western Kurdistan, where a system of, of um, authentic grassroots democracy has been established and also a kind of uh, anti-patriarchal feminist revolution has taken place that can teach us so much. So I use that as an example. And also uh, I wanted to use an example from the United States, and uh, I, I used the, the uh, Black Panther community in Oakland from the 60s as an example of uh, participatory democracy and communalism. And uh, there's a wonderful book called West of Eden, which was also published by PM Press. And it's, it's one of the few works on communities that actually um, shows the importance of the Black Panther community as a communitarian ex experiment in the United States. I analyzed that and, and a number of other examples. There, there are other indigenous examples. I spend a lot of time on uh, post-Katrina re uh, recovery communities in, uh, in New Orleans, which I participated in. And give other examples. For instance, in the in the impossible community, I, I spend a lot of time on the Sarvodaya movement in India, and later uh, a movement with the same name in Sri Lanka. And uh, I would argue that uh, it, it probably gave us the best uh, comprehensive program for grassroots social transformation that we have yet. And ultimately, uh, the institution, the key institution that relates to what we're talking about, they call the ashram, which people usually think of as a religious community. But for them, meant a kind of eco-village that the movement, which envisioned economic, social, political, moral, and spiritual transformation, would be based on institutions like village assemblies, village councils, village economic cooperatives and, and many other institutions, but also that the movement would establish a kind of eco-village in every town, every village, every neighborhood in India, in which people would practice basically the communitarian, I would say the communitarian anarchism that they were advocating, uh, so that it would be before their eyes. And uh, I, to me, this, this is the idea that we can envision utopia when everybody can walk to utopia from where they live. So I, I think that's what we have to try to create. We have to have it right before our eyes. We have to be engaged in the process. So I might just mention one other example, which is the base communities that were established in Latin America under, under the uh, inspiration of, of uh, liberation theology and hundreds of thousands of small communities, usually of 20 to about 60 or 70 people, were established all over uh, Latin America, particularly in Brazil. There were 100,000 in Brazil alone. And uh, much of the transformation that's taken place uh, since the dictatorships 
of the 60s, uh, I think have been profoundly influenced by this kind of grassroots organization and ferment that went on for several decades. Uh, so I, I don't think we have a lack of, of uh, sources of inspiration. I think, I think many, many people have uh, engaged in actual social organization, reorganization, and creation that, that can help us. And uh, maybe I'll mention one other example, which is that I, I've, I've been uh, very much interested in therapeutic communities and uh, particularly egalitarian therapeutic communities, because I think at this point in world history, all of our communities have to be therapeutic communities in which we deal with our legacy of civilization, which is the ego, basically, and the, the legacy of a system of domination in which the will to dominate becomes part of our, our very character structure. And we have to undo this uh, collectively through through very hard work within our communities. That's John Clark. He's the author of Between Earth and Empire, From the Necrocene to the Beloved Community. We'll be back tomorrow together, and we'll talk about some of the ways in which we start to, to make this real in our own lives. You can find this show at briefchat.com, where you can become a sustaining member if you would like. There are uh, several different membership levels, and you get bonus episodes and all that kind of thing. So if that sounds interesting to you, or if you just appreciate the show and would like to help me keep it going, you can do that at abriefchat.com. I love you. A better world is possible. Please.